You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined as by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and texter of random NBA people. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> texter of random NBA people. You're quite funny. Um, today's Michael Porter Jr. Day. Yes. Is there a more divisive is, dude? Which is a Tuesday in June, which we want to just... Let everybody know we're recording this early. We're recording this on Monday, June fourth. Isaac's going to be away. He's going to be on a trip, so we're trying to record some of these early. So if anything happens with Michael Porter Jr., we're uh, we're sorry about that. But I'll probably I'll probably do an addendum at the beginning of the podcast if something big happens. Yeah, Nick's going to uh, hold down the fort. I'll be gone for a whole week on a mission trip, so that'll be cool. And uh, as soon as I get back, it's draft week. So where are you going, by the way? The listeners, if they're uh, in that country, they want to know. Um, it's not very far, Nick. <laughs> it's Houston. Oh, okay. Uh, we're doing uh, hurricane stuff, Hurricane Harvey stuff. Yeah, that was good. Done a lot of uh, just demolition stuff, helping rebuild a bunch of houses, different stuff for the whole week. So for sure. So today we're talking about Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Going to be perfectly honest, this could be a shorter one because we just don't have a ton of information about him. There's a lot of high school stuff, but nothing. Like Isaac, tell him what this synergy page looks like. Um, nothing. <laughs> uh, there's two games, uh, Missouri, that you could you could watch, and both of those uh, two games. A game he where he horrible. got injured, and a game where he was still injured. <laughs> There's it's horrible. Like literally, I can do nothing with synergy on him. So, so, but we are still going to go through the normal draft profile things: strengths, weaknesses, availability, ceiling, floor, NBA comp, future role, roster impact, second round pick pairing, why the map should take him, and why the map shouldn't take him. <laughs> you auctioneer. That's what we're going to do. So, let's get started with Michael Porter Jr. Strengths, Isaac. Uh, he's six, just under six foot ten. I think he he measured at the combine in shoes at a six ten and and three fourths. So like just under. Just under a six eleven, which is decent size for uh, for a three and uh, potential four. He's got a seven foot wingspan, which is just about a square, but a little bit bigger, so not a not a terrible wingspan. Um, we compare him to like Mikhail Bridges, and we rave about his wingspan, but it's not that much bigger than than Porter Juniors, you know. Mm-hmm. So so he's still in that area. He's two hundred eleven pounds at least when he measured at the combine. Um, so he's pretty, pretty thin, um, than I thought, like he just doesn't look that thin when you, when you look at him, he looks like, you know, he's an athlete. He's a, he's decently built, but I was, I was surprised at his, uh, his weight measurement. Any other, any other things on the, uh, those are things we know. (laughs) His measurements are things that we know. So we're kind of relying on those. Any other strengths? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no, but that, that, those are his basics. Like, that's what he measures out to be. Strengths for him, just go-to scoring. He's a guy that can take the ball. Um, some people have concerns about his ball handling in the NBA on the next level, but he's a guy that can go get you a bucket. He's a guy that can stand still and hit a jumper. He can uh, His athleticism can uh, help him you know, uh, blow past some guys, some bigger defenders for sure. He can rise up over the top of some smaller defenders because he's you know sick, just under 6'11". And so, uh, you know, 
these threes or even twos, I guess, that are going to be guarding him to try to stay in front of him. He can he can rise over the top. He's got a pretty good jump shot. Those are kind of the, the, the go-to scoring really is his major strength, and that's the main selling point for him. Yeah, and that um, that's pretty much the only selling point. No, um, Stop it. You're so down on him right now. No, 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 but that, but th- watch him become that, a maverick, and you have. That's to a great him. selling point, though. Like that's the thing. So, like here's here's how like uh, I like to kind of compare him to the other guys in this like whole uh, group. If you're telling me all guys are healthy in this top ten, who's the guy that could average 27 a game? It's Michael Porter Jr. Like I think is he, there anyone else? I think I like Aiton could Bagley probably Aiton, could Aiton. You know Doncic. No, I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah. So like he his scoring is Trae the Young. elite of that. Trey Young, yeah, I guess whatever. In 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 a certain timeline, he could. Yeah. So like I mean yeah the six ten, Ford, um, just elite score. And going back to high school, he averaged 37 points a game in high school at at his uh, at his school. Of course, you watch some high school mixtapes. I mean, this is you're gonna drool over that and see just his ability. You know, when he's playing against these guys in high school, his ability at 6'10 to just I mean, simply just rise up over them and shoot right in their face, and they have they can do nothing. Kind of what like Kevin Durant's doing it did in the finals, and um, just shooting over everybody. Yeah, I will say this: I don't like the Durant comp for uh, Porter. Uh, it's just Durant was just a, a different animal with that. But yeah. we'll go over comps in a little bit later. But. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like strengths. You know, that is his main one because you really can't. And you know, we'll talk about weaknesses. Like he really doesn't impact the other areas of the floor as much, based off just high school stuff. This is why it's super hard to profile him because we don't have anything. Uh, we'll talk about his back injury in a little bit, but I I, I say a couple different things. With one, I, I'm I'm kind of a I like his swag a little bit. Like I I think he approached the combine really well as far as he came in, he did measurements, he talked to the media, which I thought was really important. He didn't have to do that, and the fact that he talked to the media and was like very open, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna prove that I'm the best player in this draft." Yeah, I still think I am. And he talked about how good he feels, like all the different stuff. I thought that was really good of him. And his, I know he sucked in those two games <laughs> in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But his desire to come back meant something to me. And 99% of guys in his situation are not playing those two games. He came into college as the number one guy. He knew that he was playing one year of college basketball and he was leaving. When you have a back injury like that and a back surgery, the last thing you want to do is risk anything. You want to yeah. get to the league and make money. And this dude set out the whole year, put in the rehab, the work, and everything. And like I said, I know he looked bad in those two games, but the fact that he came back and played in them, that meant a lot to me. And you could even, like, he got emotional when he got put out, too. Like, he showed the emotion. I mean, that, I don't know. There's just something about that that. That meant something to me that he actually played in those games. He did. He pulled the uh, Darren Fox Malik Monk is what he did. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. All those things are are, are uh, strengths for him. Uh, weaknesses for for him. The back injury has to be the biggest thing. I mean that it's that's a thing that's going to stick with him his entire career. It okay, is, so I want to say something about this back injury. Go ahead. 
and that I learned about looking up his profile. Did you know that he? So the Charlotte Observer, uh, they did a story on him, and they they were there at the combine. He told he told reporters like he told them that his injury happened in a in, when he was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, that this he, is a good point. I forgot about he this story. tried to dunk and he fell and he hurt his back. And for almost all of his high school career, going into college, like his back, like was hurting. Like this was an issue. Like his back injury. And then it, it just like he made the decision when he got to Missouri and stuff of like, yeah, man, I need to get this taken care of. Like we need to, you know, wrap this sucker up and fix it. And that was wild to me that it had been going on so long. And he talked about those high school years about all the plays and stuff. And he and, and it's smart on his part and his agent's part. They're twisting this, hey, look how good I was in high school. And that was when I was going through all the pain. Yeah, and he was talking, and he and he directly mentioned that as like, man, I was in so much pain in high school. Now I'm pain free, and look what all I did when I was in pain. Imagine what I can do now. That's yeah. like kind of his selling point right now, and that you know that. Do you take that as a good and bad? <laughs> do you take it as a good? Do you take it as a good of like, okay, man, what what can he do when he's fully healthy? Or do you take it as bad of saying? Holy crap! He's having a he's had a back issue for the past three years that he got when he was like sixteen years old. Is that scary? But yeah, you look at that and it's I mean it's hard to make a judgment call on that. But if that's the if that's the real story, like he was hurting all this time, then I can believe that he, that that was that that happened because you're a high school kid, you're just trying to make it to the next level. You're being told like you got to work for all this stuff. You you know you haven't earned anything yet. All these things. And you're just like, I'm just going to keep playing because I don't know if I'm going to keep this scholarship or if I say a back, if I have this back injury, then you know what I mean? Like there's all this stuff on the line that he could just look at and, and say that I have to keep working through this and just have to muscle through. And you don't know what, I don't know what kind of upbringing he had. I don't know if his parents were people that were like, let's just bottle up if we're, you know, dealing with a problem and we'll just try to, you know, fix it head on just by working, working through it. No clue. I have no idea. So that could, it could be a, a huge selling point. The agent could be, that could, it could be a way to twist it, but that could actually be really true <laughs> that yeah. he has been dealing with this. And if he gets real medical attention, he, you know, fixes this. Uh, other thing is, I don't know, you know, I know this is complete speculation, but this is what you signed up for when you got on this podcast is that <laughs> for Michael Porter Jr. is that, uh, he could have made his back injury worse by playing through it all that, all that time. You know, there's sometimes you you look at an injury and you're like, man, if we had just treated this from the beginning, it could have been better. But we don't know. I have no clue. Yeah, and I mean, and you, but you could also see like why he didn't either. Of oh yeah, being in high school, saying, man, I can't take a whole year off now. I'm yeah. trying to get a D1 scholarship. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the top player. I'm thinking about the draft. You know? Yeah, like I'm gonna get drafted in a couple of years. So it's just a, a weird situation. He talked a lot about it in, and he's he's a raw vegan. So he did this interview with GQ, which fits him perfectly because we've made fun of him before because he he likes um, he likes his style. He posts these Instagram different stuff of him, you know, like yeah. He I think he knows he looks good, okay. <laughs> and uh, so he does an interview with GQ of all things, okay. And he talks about being a vegan and how he grew up being a vegetarian, and now now he's a raw vegan, okay. So. Newsflash, I'm not a vegan, so I like my burgers, I like my steaks, and all that stuff. Major shouts to you guys that are. But this whole GQ article, he talks about this. <laughs> he talks about how much 
changing his his diet at such a young age and how much the diet has helped his like pain in his back and stuff. Another one of those things. Do you take this as a pro or do you take this as a con that a kid when he's 18 is changing his diet to relieve pain on his back? <laughs> or are you viewing it as, hey, man, like, cool. It looks like he's got the back thing figured out because he does have a good diet in his system, a good um, dietitian and stuff. So he talks about this like doctor uh, – I forgot his name in the article. But this doctor something that is like his – main man that cooks all of his meals he said he's getting ready to move in with him was it the tom brady guy i don't know i don't think so it's getting no (laughs) um tb12 but like and they talk about all the things he eats all the things he doesn't eat it's crazy for someone his age Uh, that's an expensive diet by the way my wife and i've been she's been trying to stay away from meat recently and like man you just (laughs) i don't know maybe we're doing it wrong but it it's it was it's a wild uh, article so i recommend reading it but it's like one of those things though that i read it and then i looked back and said i don't know like how i feel about that i don't know i don't know how i feel about a 17 18 year old kid 19 year old kid that's having that's doing this diet like i i know he's doing it for like his full body and to be healthy but he also talks about how it does relieve the pain on his back and i'm like man like it's just drafting that high it it gets a little it could also show great like maturity exactly yeah so like it could a lot of these things i'm i'm throwing out here could be a pro and con however you want to view it like remember when Fultz was coming out and that whole story about him loving chick-fil-a so much came out and just everybody freaked out about it you know i don't know it affected his, his shot. <laughs> but uh, it's my pleasure think, to serve you this broke jumper. <laughs> my pleasure. It, uh, I think something else to bring up is like, what, like, is his position versatility a weakness as far as his Heck lack no. of, ver- as, well, no, it's like, can he play the three and can he play the five? And I don't know. Like, I don't know I about. Think- he can play five in certain positions, I think, in cer- with certain, certain, certain matchups like, for sure. Here's the thing he's, he's super skinny. And he he's not he doesn't have he's the not defensive, Durant, but he's not the he, like he's, he's not, not the rim protector out. Durant is though like Durant Durant got better and is like a like he actually had true. defensive instincts. Durant's like, got a longer wingspan than him too. Porter doesn't like he's not known for his rebounding. He's not known for his defense. So it's like is he quick enough to guard threes and is he big enough to guard fives? And if not, does that pigeonhole him into the four? And is that any bit of a weakness of saying, man, I don't like if you're drafting a six ten guy, you almost want him to be able to play a couple of positions. Yeah. So offensively, he can. If, offensively, he'd be you know good, good three. I'm not great questioning four, anything about awesome his play. offense. He'll be yeah. he will be able to get buckets, and that is yeah. his. Whoever drafts him, they want him to be that man. My question for you and anybody else is, what else does he do? And if you don't have an answer for that, is that okay? That's that's my thing. Yeah. Does he do anything else? And if you're if your answer is well, not not really, is it okay to spend a top five pick on that? Yeah, that really, and I think that, really does depend. And I think that answer depends on the roster around him. Yeah, like Memphis. It, is that okay in Memphis? I think it's okay because you got Colin Gasol and whatever. Is that okay for a different a rebuilding situation? 
Atlanta. Sure. I, I don't know. You know, like that's that's the thing. So, yeah, but we'll talk a little bit more of that here in a second. Availability for uh, well, let's talk about his availability. Let's see because we mentioned a couple couple teams that we think would be be there and he would be available for. But let's talk about where Michael Porter could be available uh, right after this. All right, so the highest you think Michael Porter Jr. could go? Two. Really? To Sacramento? Because his whole thing is like everything depends on his workouts and medicals. Yeah. If he goes into a place and convinces somebody, Vladi Divac or Vivek, whatever his name is, the owner, that... All right, you've convinced if, me with those two names. If if Buddy <laughs> Hill's the next Steph Curry, he can... We have the next Durant. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit my water out when you said that. I oh, that's so like good. that's the thing. If he goes into these workouts and their doctors are like, man, his back looks good, and he's just like killing it, and one of those teams thinks that he could be a next like a light Kevin Durant, then I made a joke a while ago that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Michael Porter Jr. would be the uh, diet Westbrook <laughs> and Durant. Now you're talking a diet <laughs> Durant and Curry. That's that's your that's your buddy healed. I'm gonna tweet out that gif of like uh, was it the crab off SpongeBob like spinning and it's like Vivek thinking he can form the new Steph <laughs> and Durant with Porter and Buddy. Oh gosh, do they have a clay? Do they have a clay? So no. Darren can be clay now. Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Bognon. Yeah, these could these be clay. Are clay. Oh my gosh, you broke my brain. When it you would be, said I that mean, that Curry and Durant. That that's how they could talk right now. That person. sounds absolutely insane. But like over the next week, we could see some crazy Michael Porter Jr. reports of people like falling in love with him, and that we could have already seen it. <laughs> yeah. So, because so highest two, I I really don't. Yeah, what I don't see lowest? him. Like if for oh, if he starts dropping, then there's serious worries about his back, but. I mean, lowest. I, All right, let, let let me just go Cleveland. through the teams, okay? So, so uh, Cleveland, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like that's a possibility. Yeah, the Knicks, possibility. the Sixers. I just don't think it'd work with Philly, no. The uh, the Hornets. Yeah, they take him for sure. Yes, Clippers. For sure. The Nuggets. Well, any of these teams are going to take him. <laughs> <laughs> but like drop into this this point you're like yeah i think uh, it would be yeah i would say okay well it's a different question he gets this spot and it's just so crazy that they have to take him no matter yeah what. that would be that would be more of the question um charlotte so like absolutely take him because i think then at that yeah, point you're looking like, at like miles bridges him you know whatever Colin Sexton, one of those guys, like yeah, Gilgis yeah, Alexander. I think, yeah. I think you just got Lonnie take Walker, him. Knox. Yeah. I think so too. I think that that uh, ESPN mock draft that they did, where 15. he was going like fifteen. I think that's. What I don't think is. there's no way on earth that the Clippers would pass on him twice. That that's just that ain't happening yes. at all. Yeah, that's like the uh, the Timberwolves passing <laughs> yeah. on Curry twice. So I don't see that. That's wild. The ceiling and floor for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, his ceiling could he be an All NBA type guy? I mean, guy? if everything goes right for him, I mean, he could. I mean, we said like we said this before, he could be the best scorer in this draft. Like, if you're telling me like everything clicks, he hits 
Could he be the best scorer in the Ooh, league? I don't know about that. No, I mean that's that's tough. Yeah, he's not he's not that level, but he could be the best. I could scorer see in him making a sure. third team All NBA or something one day and being like that is we're talking ceiling. We're talking like the best yeah, he could the best possibly, he could possibly be, be. Is being the number one option, whatever. So like my whole thing is he has the possibility to be Batman for a team. Like that's that's what you're going for. When you draft Michael Porter Jr., you want him to hopefully and eventually be your Batman, be your main scorer, your go-to guy. So that is like ceiling type of thing. If you if he's anything else but that, like Robin on down, those roles need to do multiple things, okay? So and he just doesn't this that's a good point. He just doesn't yeah, have true. that. So like, yeah, my floor is like that is the Rudy Gay role, and yeah, like I don't I don't know what that role would even be described as a floor, but Rudy Gay is like my floor comp for him. Yeah, that let's just move on. Yeah, floor comparisons. Rudy Rudy Gay was really really good though. He averaged like twenty points a game. For uh, for Memphis was he was in that position, so you get put him in the right spot, and he could be a twenty point per game scorer. I think that's a good floor for Porter Jr. Right situation, twenty point scorer. Anywhere else, you're kind of like he could be your go to guy, but you know. And didn't Rudy Gay ever twenty points when he was with uh, when he was with Sacramento? I, don't know. I mean, he had some good. It years was like there. him, his, him and Isaiah, him and Isaiah and Demarcus. I think all averaged no. twenty two. Yeah, I mean, like, but he's just not giving you yeah, anything else, like he said. Exactly. I think that's a good floor. Roster impact or future role for the Mavericks. He comes in. So let's say they pick him. And uh, future role, you're now putting your offense in the hands of Dennis and Porter Jr. But now your defense is just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing like, with your defense then. And straight to the Batman, back to the Batman thing. How many players could be drafted by the Mavericks in this upcoming draft? that would take the light, that would take the Batman mask from Dennis. Because I don't think Bamba does it. I don't think Jackson does it. I don't think Bagley does it now. Uh, Maybe in the future. I think think Bagley would do it just, just by fans. Yeah. Like taking to him, I think fans would fans would take him as that. I don't know if we like the media would take it that way. I don't but think, I think Bagley would, would right now. Yeah, for media, Luca and Aiton would. And I think yes. I think Porter would like he would be that too. I think he has the he would definitely be more he would be looked at more more intriguing than Dennis. You know what I mean? Like he would take that where there would be more questions. And yeah, as far as ceiling. like Batman, go get us a bucket. We you we want you to be our like main score. What do you think about the fit with Dennis Smith Jr. and Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, I mean, it, it would just it, it gets weird with that because you know Porter just doesn't do a lot of else, so he can spot oh, up. Oh yeah, though. he can stretch. You know, like, he he stretch for sure. Then you just get yeah. into like how how do you defend? You know, he's going to pair alongside Harrison Barnes. He would start at the four uh, with Barnes at the three and. How does Barnes fit alongside of him? Do the Mavs even care? As far as roster impact, does this impact Barnes's future any? Um, as far as if I don't know if they they, it's a nice oh, problem yeah, to have. Yeah. Oh, def- definitely love to have a wing problem. Yeah, for sure. I think that yeah. they could work. Um, yeah, and then it opens up like you can still go free agent big man shopping too. Like you could still go out and throw Max at Capella if you wanted. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good. You could still do that. Uh, you could still. I don't think. I think you're out on Parker, yeah. Randall, and Gordon. Any I think you're boys, out on all yeah, those guys. If, I think you're out on that, but I think you're still going for that. You could still talk yourself into one of those, you know, wings. Maybe there's not a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, I though, think but. Capella would be a perfect uh, fit with Porter. So like, you turned around next year and started so like good, if Dirk yeah. came out the bench, whatever, and you rolled out like Dennis West, Barnes, Porter, Capella. Exciting, yeah, that's fun. I mean, you just got that second round, you just got to be a believer in what Porter can be. Second round pick pairing with him is there? I don't think there's anybody that you would be out on from the guys we've talked about for second round. Is there anybody where you take Porter Jr. and you're not taking somebody that we've mentioned? Um, hmm, I'm probably not take um, Justin Jackson. I would want to focus on a wing, a defensive wing, not just yeah. a, not just a shooter. Like I wouldn't want the Shvi McCall, whatever dude from Kansas. I wouldn't want um, Grace now. Grace now. I would want. I would want a guy <laughs> that we know can be a defender. To where if we ever did trade Wes or after Wes's contract's up or something like that, we know because Porter just ain't gonna really give you that. <laughs> Um, and it could it could put more of a focus on what what five you put alongside Porter also, because for Porter's size he's not the greatest rebounder also at least he wasn't in high school like we're obviously we're saying all this saying you know from high school yeah and that's kind of unfair to him and I I agree with that but you know I ideally you would want a more defensive focus five alongside of him like Dirk alongside Porter in the front court hmm. It's uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You're out. I mean, this is not a name we've talked about, but Mo Wagner, you're like completely out on him. Yeah, yeah, true. Like yeah, no I wouldn't want to do that yeah. at that point. Um, why do you, why should the Mavs take him? I, ca- I kind of feel like we've been making trying to make this point. You have the the go to scoring. Uh, he's a wing. He's the, you know what what the NBA is right now. You want a guy that's pretty pretty switchable. He can do a lot of different things on offense. Uh, he could you know be great. That's your your two guys going forward, Dennis and Porter Jr., they could be that, and they could be you know create a great offense going forward. Yeah, Anything I mean, that's exactly that. If, if you're if your medical staff, Casey Smith, and everyone you know yeah. signs off on it and says that's great, he's a good kid, his back's fine, and you are a believer that he can be that All NBA type of scorer someday down the road, that he can be, and I know you made a joke about this light. But it could be an ex- you know, explosive Durant Westbrook like type of, um, and I think I like throwing those different comps out there, the duo comps that a lot of people don't do that. Like our previous pod that I talked about with Bamba of this young Chris Paul Tyson Chandler New Orleans, Durant and Westbrook is really hard. you know that's hard. We're not saying it's that, but like the explosive point guard with the scoring four that's six ten. That's your diet, diet yeah, like Durant you, Westbrook. Like you tweeted That's... out, so and Rodney has James Harden. Now, <laughs> 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 um, but no, like so if they're sold and they want, I'm not talking the rest of the podcast. If they want to take the home run swing of saying we need <laughs> offense because we see where our offense ranked last year, our defense was like middle of the pack, decently well, but that the offense we need scoring really bad. And so if that's the case and all you check all the check marks, then that's okay. 
And you're pretty confident that you can surround him with people that can make up for his weaknesses everywhere else. I told you I'm not talking the rest of the podcast. You compared Rodney Hood to James Harden. And I'm not. Well, why should the Mavs not? Um, if you want somebody that does um, more things. So um, if you want somebody that – if obviously the back injury, if that scares you, if you're looking there saying it's huge, it's huge for where you're drafting. So like if you're Cleveland at eight, I think, you know, and you're kind of like taking the risk, whatever. But like if you're at five – and you are not 110% that this will not affect him again, then it's really hard to convince yourself to take him over Jaron Jackson, to take him over Mo Bamba. Like, I have Mikel Bridges over him right now. <laughs> and, I would um, too. It's just with that. And he is, he is a one-dimensional player, but that one dimension is the most elite dimension in the league of the scoring. Yep. So if you are okay with that and you think he can be an all NBA scorer, then you go for it. If not, and you're like, man, I think he, you know, he leans more towards the Rudy Gay and we need more out of that position, then I don't know. And Rudy Gay, I'm looking at Rudy Gay's stats right now. He averaged twenty points a game for ten years. So, yeah, straight. Good. Just like ten years straight from, from Memphis to Toronto to Sacramento. He's a twenty point per game scorer. And that's that's I think that's the reason why they should not take him. To be honest, it's like that's he could end up being that, and that is a that's solid, but that's not helping you in today's NBA. You know, you got to be able to do yeah. other things. And that, like I know Nick and I both, it sounds like we're a little bit pessimistic towards it a little bit. It's just where we're at in this process. We have no update. We've seen no videos. We've seen, you know. The, yeah, the that's GQ weird to me. <laughs> interview the him talking at the combine like that's pretty much all we have right now. So there's also some weird other stuff about Porter Jr. Like not just the vegan stuff. There's just some other weird reports about him, uh, like as a teammate. I'll read something sure to you. I have a friend that used to write for me at the Smoking Cuban. He is a reporter for KCOU Sports, a student fan, student ran radio station. He goes to Missouri. And I know he, you know, he was super pumped up about Porter Jr. coming to campus, all this different stuff. Your dog was super excited too. And I texted him and I was like, hey man, like what have you heard about Porter? Like on campus as a student. So take it for what it is. This is just, I mean, granted, he's involved in the sports stuff. He runs a you know, student-ran radio station there, whatever. But he said, I'd say his health isn't an issue. He loves the ladies, loves the spotlight, and really loves himself. <laughs> so, uh, but then he goes on to pray about how much he works hard, how much, you know, everything in the, like, athletic, you know, department, whatever, you know, how much, you know, he's a hard worker and all this different stuff. And how, you know, he's a big believer and he loves him because he's a Missouri guy. He thinks he's going to be the one of the yeah. long career in the NBA and all that stuff. But there are, it's like you said, there's a lot of, um, different things off the court too that you're different grumblings or whatever but he could be a top-notch score in this league for a long time and it's he's one of the hardest players to project of this draft and that's you know our player profiles go 50 minutes to an hour a lot of times well this one's at like 30 minutes because we just a lot of and a lot of my statements are unfair to him of saying he can't do this well i understand it's kind of unfair because he hasn't played in like two years so it's like that's yeah. kind of unfair to, yeah. for me to say and say he doesn't rebound well based off 
high school and he could be a totally yeah. so like it's just it's super hard you kind of take ev- what everyone is saying about michael porter jr right now you take it with a grain of salt he is the biggest mystery player of this entire draft i could see him going from two to like 12 and it's just gonna how his situation unfolds how his situation unfolds is way more mysterious and intriguing to me than lucas yeah, I agree with that too. I'm with, I'm there with you. The narrative and the storylines with him are going yeah. to be more intriguing. And what? And sure. I want to point out real quick. I want to point this out. I meant to say this while ago. In that um, combine interview, in the Charlotte Observer said he put he you know he said this. This is what Porter said. I I don't care about being the number one pick. And he directly mentions how look at Donovan Mitchell and look at the situation he is in. And that tells me one thing. He wants the right situation to where he thinks he can excel the most. And we've talked about, yes, and we've it. talked about it a thousand times. Who has the most control of where they go in the top ten? It's going to be Michael Porter Jr. So him and his agents going to sit down right now. They probably already have and said, where is the best situation for me? And if I don't want to go to somewhere like Atlanta or Memphis or Dallas or Orlando or something like that, if they're looking at Orlando saying they got Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon. I don't think I can be the best player I am. They're going to call them up and say, I don't want to work out for you, and I'm, I don't want to give my medicals to you. They they can't take that chance. Like You can't take the chance without seeing his medicals. Yeah. So he has so much control, and I I just I think wherever he, dra- he gets drafted on draft night, it's going to be a place where he really wants to go. That being said, real quick before we go, I know we keep doing that, but um, – what do you think is the best fit for him? Oh gosh, that's tough. I mean, I think he he needs the. I mean, Memphis is intriguing, but I'll say this about Memphis: Conley and Gasol still going to get their buckets, and it's like what we yeah, said before. Like he doesn't touches. do much else. So I think Sacramento. I know it's super high, but Sacramento would be great for him because Fox is a speedster guy. They don't have like a go-to scorer, and he could groom into that, and they could say, "Hey." Be our be our like main score right away, and we have vets around them yeah. already, like with Randolph, different dudes, and I don't know. I like that situation, but it could be kind of higher for him. But then, I mean, the Bulls is kind of weird. Like the Bulls are linked to him because he's a Chicago guy, but the Bulls fit is kind of weird for him. It's weird for right? me because like I like Markin already at the four, a- for sure, and. And right. then it gets like you would have to be okay with moving Markin into the five or okay with Porter playing the three. And then it's just kind of like you know, how is him and Markin defensively and all that stuff. But I kind of Cle- – Cleveland's kind of Cleveland, bad. Cleveland's weird. If they get rid of LeBron and they just clear the deck and say, hey, look. <laughs> Not get rid okay, of him okay, if he yeah. <laughs> My bad. Um, if he leaves and they just say, hey, let's put Michael Porter Jr. in the similar role like LeBron is and kind of do his thing, thing with he that. He just fails. Yeah. He fails. I, I, think, um, I think New York's pretty intriguing, especially next year, because they can yeah. bring him into New York. He he seems like he, he likes the light. Let him be that. Nilakina's a defensive-minded guard. He could play, you know, in the back, he grew an inch too. He could, he could, he could play. He, he could play. Did three you know Bamba went or? to the Sloan Conference? <laughs> um, <laughs> but but Porter Jr. He could slide right in next year if Porzingis sets out a year. Hey, this whole show is about you, Porter. Like, do your thing. Let's grow you this rookie yeah. season. Then Porzingis comes back, and Porzingis, you know, he plays defense well enough to where 
Porzingis at the five, Porter at the four. You got cap space in 2019 when Porzingis is fully healthy. You got Nelikina. I like the New York fit a lot. That's my <laughs> that that sound that you guys all just heard was all of the New York fans just like yep. you know ruining their jeans <laughs> if they're uh, listening to this podcast. <laughs> I could I'll just say this: I could see the Clippers moving up for him though. I've read different things that Steve Ballmer really likes him a lot. They want to get a at least one cornerstone in this draft. And I could see them, especially if he falls to, you know, seven, eight, nine, I could see Clippers moving up to get him. There we go. That's Michael Porter Jr. That's all we know uh, about him. Pretty bro. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, all we got. So uh, again, we recorded this a little early. So if there's anything else that happened, uh, we missed it. So, but thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs guys. Boom. Boom.